Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Hey, listeners. You know how much I love this thing called podcasting, right? I might have said it one or 500 times on the show. Well, I found a new way to basically share this passion with others, and that's through podcast consulting. Do you have an idea for a podcast you're looking to get off the ground? Well, definitely get in touch because I would love to work with you to take your idea to launch and let you express yourself out in this world we call podcasting. So check it out at glisteningparticlespodcasting.com. In this episode, I'm talking with Rosie of Rosie Red Corsetry and Couture. Rosie comes to us from the UK and I found out about her from Richard Wakefield, who's a photographer and videographer who was on the show earlier in the year. And what is amazing about Rosie is at the young age of 26, she's running a successful fashion business and her pieces and her creations are utterly stunningly almost to the point of tears, beautiful. And not surprisingly, I found her to be equally delightful. Here's Rosie. Hi, Rosie. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I sort of, I'm having a hard time right now because I pulled up your website just as we were getting set up. And the dress that's on there right now, it is magic. It's like pure, utter magic. I, I like oh, I cannot you. get enough of it. So I guess we should tell people what <laughs> I always jump ahead of myself. Let's tell people what you do and what your company is, and then that will make a lot more sense. Okay. Yeah. So I have a company called Rosy Red Corsetry and Couture, and I specialize in making bridal wear and corsetry. So I did a degree in costume design, and when I graduated, I knew that I wanted to do theatrical beautiful work but not necessarily for characters in a theater production mm-hmm. so that's how I how I set up bridal wear really I can't even imagine walking down the aisle with this particular dress on because it's so stunningly beautiful like I mean it's, oh. I, I oh my gosh I'm gonna I hope you'll let me put that picture up on your post when we um, get this posted Absolutely. up on the on the podcast because just to describe it a little bit well actually I'll describe it from my completely, uh, I don't know anything about clothing perspective, <laughs> and then you yeah. can fill in all the professional details, but it's an inordinate amount of beautiful chiffon, I believe. Is that the right thing? Or no? So like uh, a minnow, a main fabric that I use is tulle, but tulle. I use a really, really soft um, net. So it's not like a ballerina net. It's a really, right. really soft dressmaking tulle. Just layers and layers with like flowers all infused within it and the corsetry the top is 
oh my God. And there's all these flowers on the shoulder. It's, it's so gorgeous. Seriously. I need, <laughs> yeah. I would love, I can't even imagine what a woman would feel like wearing this. Inc- and I'm not even exaggerating. Like I'm off the charts right now. Oh, <laughs> I don't even think I can. And I just pulled it off. So it, I'm, I'm in, I'm stunned still. So I don't even know if I can talk with you today. Cause I'm like <laughs> lost in this dress. Oh, well, I'm now I'm pleased that picture grabs you. It means my website is doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I've looked at a lot of your work, but this one for speaks to me. So if I ever have a need for a dress such as that, I will be knocking on your door and begging, something like that. Oh, it's absolutely. So oh, my gosh. So how do you even begin to make something that utterly gorgeous? I think, I mean, I get asked quite a lot where my inspiration comes from and I think that is the first step with it um I read I always say I read quite a lot and I like a lot of films and I'm interested in nature and I guess the first step with any of it is imagination Mm -hmm. and I'm constantly thinking about what I would want to wear and what I guess some of my friends who are all different body shapes and types what they would want to wear. Mm -hmm. So I think coming from like a female perspective and dressing a female body um, is my starting point of what shape do I want to make and what sort of illusion do I want to come up with? Mm. So that's, and I think I always have a bit of an idea of how I want things to be photographed even before I've made them. Oh, interesting. So yeah, so I definitely go for an editorial you know, my, if I could be paid millions and millions of pounds to make editorial pieces all day, I would, um, I would absolutely love that. But, um, yeah. Well, I think especially probably what draws me to this one is that it's the the photograph is taken in the woods, which is my favorite place. And it's, she's sitting next to this, you know, reddish, reddish trunked tree, which I love the redwoods. So it, it, it like, you could not have really put up a more, a picture that would more draw me in than this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you no, must have I, had I a always... premonition. This is the one that Jane <laughs> needs to see. Yeah, I always I always actually really like to shoot on location. When I plan mm-hmm. my own photo shoots, um, I like them outside, in woodland, amongst mm-hmm. nature. I, I just, I love that. And I actually often get a lot of my models to be, ba- be barefoot. Oh, um, beautiful. Yeah, because I think it just it just goes with like a wood nymph type type look. Mm-hmm. You know, I I hopped over and was scanning through a few more things, and I love all the layering that you do. Yeah, yeah. So layering, I think I had this idea that it would be really great to show how you can pick and mix what you wear, mm-hmm. um, because everything. I make is made bespoke for all my brides Mm. and I like the idea that when you have a photo shoot you might have five garments but you can show them all in different stages Mm -hmm. so it means there's something there's sort of something that's going to be appealing to people but I I like I like how luxurious layering is Mm -hmm. and I would much rather have instead of like heavy linings and dresses I prefer like a light lining, but then you wear petticoats with it to give mm. the volume. And yeah, there's just something, I guess, quite ethereal about it. I was just going to say they're almost mystical. 
there there's this magic behind them and this mystic and this mystery as well because it's almost like how many layers are there and what's be- I'm looking at yeah. this one <laughs> that is and I she has purplish hair and the dress yeah. has grays and golds and silvers and I'm like I can't even tell what all the pieces are there but it's so gorgeous yeah so okay yeah. I'm gonna drool over you the whole time we'll just but I'll try to move on so how. I have to believe that this is your passion because you can't make things like that without it being that. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How I, did I, you, I, yeah, I love it. How did you come upon this? I mean, did you know this from the start of your life that you were going to be a beautiful yeah. um, corsetry and couture maker? Or or did this just happen? So, yeah. No, I've I've always known. And I think... Whenever I say that, whenever I hear other people say that as well, I think, oh, that's such a cliche. (laughs) Um, But I knew from very, very little that I liked making things and dressing up. Mm. And I guess, yeah, I'm very, very lucky in knowing that that's what I wanted to do. If If I hadn't taken this path, I probably would have gone into nursing which is totally different <laughs> but uh, yeah they're so similar like almost almost yeah, joint paths um but I always I was always playing make-believe games and I was mm-hmm. always dressed up when I was little and my mum used to make wedding cakes okay and my dad um is quite musical and I think I always had quite a creative family um and yeah, it was it was always very encouraged. You know, mm. I was always allowed to make a mess, mm. and you know, it always got cleared up. But I think that was that was really important in learning about how to create things and let your imagination be quite freeing. Um, so yeah, I've known I've known forever, um, which yeah, such a cliche. And then knowing that, I actually I went through secondary school through high school and I did the sixth form which are like the two last years when you're 17 18 okay and I really hated it okay and you have you have the option to leave school at 16 and my parents were a bit like oh it'd be really good if you could get your exams and in the end I just said you know I want to go and do something vocational because I'm so sure that this is what I want to do mm-hmm and I went to college, and I did two years studying fashion design at college. Okay. And after I did that, I then did another three years doing costume design at university. So, oh, yeah, and yeah. I, I had so many people go like, oh, but you'll probably get bored of it, and then you're going to need a real job. And I was like, I just know. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite headstrong as a person. That's good, though. So, that's good. You know, yeah. uh, you were talking about imagination and you were able to make a mess. And I, I totally relate to that because I think it's something that is one of the greatest gifts that my mom gave me. Uh, so she was a stay-at-home mom when I was growing up. And mm-hmm. we were that one house on the block that all the kids could come play at. Like a lot of the other moms would yeah. be like, hey, no, come in here because we don't want to mess in our house. But my mom yeah. would be like throwing out, you know, layering the picnic table with every, you know, art craft uh, you know, supply that we had mm-hmm. in the house and letting everyone hang out and do that. And that was everything we did. Like we would do dress ups and parades and plays and tents and all these things because she gave us that space. I think it's one of those things that's so important as a parent 
to give us yeah, that, absolutely. to let us build that imagine, imagination young because it stays with us, you know? Yeah, and I think even I loved at school, like, instead of like maths, I always really loved English. Mm. And I liked I liked storytelling. And I think although I'm, I am not a photographer and it's not something I want to even dabble in particularly, being able to work with photographers and create like an imaginary world, mm-hmm. I find that just, it's like the best form of escapism. It is. And the photographs, I mean, they do have that. They have that whimsy and that magic. And I mean, all of them are a little bit different, but there's that yeah. element of like some of them are more proper, some of them are more, you know, in deep in the woods, but they have that mm-hmm. element of um, magic and creativity and wonder yeah. about them. I love it. So um, how long have you been doing this work professionally? So on Valentine's Day next year, which is a nice, easy date to remember when oh you're doing bridal gosh, wear. Oh my gosh, the perfect date yeah. for this. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, it will be my third birthday, my third business birthday on Valentine's That's Day. That's it? That's it? Yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh. I'm, I'm 26. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm stunned. I'm actually stunned. Oh yeah. Your I collections think, are huge though. Yeah, I think when people... When people have seen my work online or mm. I haven't met them yet, everyone's like, oh, you're a lot younger than I thought you'd be. Definitely. Um, and sometimes that goes down really, really positively. <laughs> and sometimes I've had like, I've had people in the similar industries sort of be like, oh, you're doing well and you're a bit young. <laughs> and you're like, right. oh. So, yeah, but no, three years and that's phenomenal. It's, yeah. So, it, so you started this year. at 23. I just had to do math in my head yes, on the fly, yeah, which is not good. But it was easy math, thank <laughs> goodness. That's incredible, Rosie. I'm like so impressed. Yeah. I'm so impressed. <laughs> and, and you know, yeah. I was looking at, uh, I, I mean, I keep focusing on you, but I keep sort of like playing around on your website because it's like candy, actually, and I can't <laughs> stop. But um, even... What I especially love about, I was looking at the brides, and what I love about the dresses is that they're so unique. I went um, uh, wedding dress shopping with my niece, and I was like, this gigantically long rack of white, 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 yeah. and they were so the same, the same, the same, the same, and I thought, and I remember when I uh, first was married, there was a dress I was in love with, like magically in love with, and it actually was silver and had all this whimsy to it and I didn't end up getting it because it was so much more expensive and I always was like yep. I should have got the gray dress I should have got it but but I yeah. love that you have that the brides can come to you and create something that's so utterly unique and special to them you know if you're going to invest in yeah. it make it special that's the thing and I think several things about it being an investment are mm-hmm. I've got I've got a wedding one of my brides next year he's getting married in May she's actually getting her wedding dress framed afterwards oh so she's gonna have it as a full piece of art in her house and um and if I do corsets and skirts and they're sort of separates for people they are wearable again mm-hmm. so it's not that you just have to put it under your bed and that's sort of done with right and so I you're think, saying that the corsets are that are part of the dress they can wear separately afterwards yeah absolutely oh, beautiful and I think weddings weddings now are definitely 
are definitely more in fashion here in a big way mm-hmm. to sort of go all out on weddings. We've definitely got at the minute uh-huh. either budget weddings or or people are just saying, you know what, it's it's meant to be the one day that I do this and I'm gonna right. gonna take all the opportunity that I can. Well, and the dress is, I think, one of the most special pieces of all of it. You know, there's flowers and there's music and there's all these things, but somehow that dress, that dress, and it doesn't have to be, you know, the most extravagant, like as far as beading and, you know, diamonds and things like that on it, but just the 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 imagination and the this that it's special to that person. Yeah. I do a lot of embroidery into my dresses. It's sort of a signature that I do. And if people have got maybe their first dance song, I embroider the lyrics into their dress. <gasps> oh. uh, or, or like map coordinates of where people have met or are getting married. Um, people's oh. names, lines from their vows. So it can be, uh, yeah, really special. And I think, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think what we, what we wear definitely has a huge impact on how we feel. So, um, how, uh, absolutely. And just, it's so personalized. It's almost imprinted. It's almost like, uh, it's so different than the ones on the rack at the bridal store, you know? Yeah. So tell me this, um, how many dresses are you able to do in in a year? Oh, I'm trying to think. Like because I can't even imagine. The, it would take me at least yeah. 12 months to do a half of one. So, so I'm I, assuming I you're think... faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm quite I'm quite relentless when I work. Uh-huh. I think I've got about five brides on at the moment. Oh my gosh! And I did I did a Black Friday sale, which I haven't done before, uh-huh. on um, corsets, which people are wearing for shapewear. Oh, I missed that! And Darn it! Yeah, so <laughs> I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a birthday Valentine's special sale as well. Okay, so I have to watch for that. All right. Yeah, but um, I had I've this month I've had. 19 corsets to make um which is like the most full capacity I ever thought I'd be able to do ever it's a lot of sewing mm-hmm. um at the moment I think I could probably manage maybe one or two dresses a month wow that's incredible um, and it's just you correct yeah. yeah at the moment it's just me I've got uh, an intern that I had when I started out right at the beginning and when I've had a really, really manic time, I'll, I'll get her in and subcontract her, mm-hmm. which makes me feel very grown up. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the next step for my business because I've never had to do that before. Although it must um, be hard to re- to let go of some of the control and that, you know what I mean? Yeah, massively. Yes. Like, I, I didn't realize, I had no idea <laughs> how much of a control freak I was because I think I'm, I'm really quite calm as a person mm-hmm. um, and I don't get stressed very much. Um, but yeah, but I do, I do take on interns. So it tends to be the first half of the year. University students, mm-hmm. if they're doing like a creative course, they often have to do internships. Mm-hmm. So they will come to me for a week or two weeks and oh, I mark them as, as part of their degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. What a great way to influence them as well. But I mean, I when you're creating something that unique and special, it's as if you think about a painter um, interning a portion of their painting, you know, and mm-hmm. that just can't happen. They would never yeah. do that. And your pieces are so unique and beautiful and special. It must be hard to let go of some of that, that creation. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of in between stuff as well. Mm -hmm. And I think when you, when you're one-to-one interning with people, Mm -hmm. it's quite nice to be able to really teach them and pass on some knowledge about Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. because I've had I've had people say you know they've interned for huge companies and they've been told to draw flowers all day Mm -hmm. and they've been drawing flowers for like two months whereas they can actually learn a skill right that's really quite a gift actually that's so wonderful that you're doing that yeah Um, no I love it so when you work with a bride or an individual, if you're making a corset, do you meet always meet them in person to get measurements or is there a way that you're able to do that um, remotely? No, you know what? I, um, I just had a first wedding anniversary of one of my Californian brides. Oh. Um, yeah, so I, I've sent a few bits to America um, and last Christmas I had a wedding in Australia oh and these are people, yeah, these are people that I've never met before. Um, we've spoken over email or Skype and then everything is done virtually and touch wood, there have never been any problems. Um, but it is the time saying that I'm like, I'm not an anxious person. Uh-huh. The time that I'm most anxious is like, please let it get through customs. Please right. let it get there. Like it's right. so not in my control when that happens. Right. In one piece, it get there on time and all of that. Yep. So there has had to be, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just suspecting that there might have been one or one moment where something didn't go as planned. Have you had any like that? Yeah, so and I've I've been asked a few times about the stamp in my email because I had I had a corset requested by Madonna. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um which yeah, would have been insane. But her her people in in New York and I think they must have thought I was based in America. Mm. Um emailed me really really early one morning and said hi, can you get this corset out to us uh, for the afternoon? And I replied and I was like, no, (laughs) like I really, like even if I flew it out there myself, like I can't get it out there in like five hours. Right. And they said, how about next day delivery? So I, it was, it was pretty bad. I did, I did all the paperwork, all the everything. And uh, the guy from the courier who picked it up it turns out he didn't he didn't fill in the right paperwork and um and it never made it out of the UK oh no so yeah so that was but it's just one of those things it happens but um that was a bit of a nightmare right but that's not oh, the yeah, norm and, no and i had i had a bit of a time with i had a dress requested for an actor called Danielle Brooks mm. who is in Orange is the New Black and okay. uh, she's she's gorgeous and she wanted to wear a piece to go to the Emmys in okay and i was like oh that'd be amazing and again it just it, it didn't get through customs so, that is so crazy i didn't realize that yeah. that was such a challenge yeah just bad luck i think when I have when I have my brides that are abroad, I leave two or three months, mm-hmm. so there's enough time. If it gets caught, it's it's all okay. But when you have to rush things abroad, I think that's when it can be a little bit tricky. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it is complicated. It is. It is. I've had to ship things a couple of things out of the country, and I was surprised at 
like I just didn't know that it was much more yeah. complicated yeah, yeah, than yeah. I expected. And there's so many unknowns. They're like certain countries. Chances are, if you send something really good, it won't make it through customs because customs might take it for themselves. And I'm like, really? Yeah. People do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm mad. Yeah. So I guess I'm lucky where I, in America, I'm just used to the mail getting where you expect it to go, you know? And mm-hmm. and I think you probably find the same in the UK. That's the way it normally is. Yeah, yeah. So another area I wanted to touch on, and I really love this and appreciate this, is that you mm-hmm. um, make clothing, beautiful, beautiful clothing for mm. women of all sizes and shapes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. that is, oh, just love that, that that's part of what you're doing for the world. So why don't, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think I could talk about it for hours. Oh, <laughs> well then go like, for it. I, <laughs> no, I, I feel, I think that's the thing that I feel most passionately about. Mm. And I, yeah, so I do, I create I create bespoke pieces for everybody is sort of my my tag I guess because I didn't realize that it was such an issue for people with a body type and a body size out of quite a slender um I guess what society sees as norm Mm -hmm. um to get a wedding dress and it and it totally puzzled me because I thought there's this whole group of people who, from a business point of view, they want to spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They want to have a brilliant experience. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why they're like, why they're not able to, to have this really like joyous experience. And I always say to people that I think falling in love with somebody and meeting one person that you think, like I'm gonna make the biggest commitment in the world to. Right. That's like that's like the biggest thing you can do with your life. So then mm-hmm. why why go into a, like a dress shop to get a piece of clothing and get made to feel like the only thing that matters is your body? And I yeah I find it just bizarre. Yeah yeah I know I found that I I um. I am a fuller figured woman myself and was more so at the time when I uh, first was married. Mm -hmm. And um, I just remember being in there and again, seeing the long, long, you know, room of dresses and realizing that there was only about three I could try on. Yeah. Or I could try on these other five, but they would be, you know, wide open in the back because they wouldn't fit enough to really give me a feel for what they looked like. And it was so disappointing. And I went by myself because I was sort of embarrassed. I was, yeah. I didn't even bring my sister or my girlfriends to go look with me because I was embarrassed about knowing that probably my choices would be limited and I didn't want to be in that awkward moment with them. And so yeah. I love that you are making things that are so incredibly gorgeous for all body types. I think that's yeah. such a gift. I, I, yeah, I just, I, I still, I just can't wrap my head around it. And I think Mm -hmm. I don't ever understand why people just aren't kind. (laughs) It sounds so like basic, but you just think, you know, and I'm very much, I've read a lot this year about intuitive eating and intuitive Mm -hmm. mindsets, because when I, when I write my blog as part of my website, I don't tend to write about the wedding dresses that I'm Mm -hmm. making. I tend to write about things that I find it important and relevant at the moment. And I wasn't aware naively when I started out how linked 
the diet industry was with the bridal industry. Ah. And I was like, I I just find it mad. And a, a big a big part of when people come out, so my I don't have a shop front, I have a working studio uh-huh. and um samples and samples that I carry in pretty much all sizes. Mm-hmm. And I think the joy with having things that are corseted is you might have someone who's like 10 inches different than somebody else Mm -hmm. but you can still get a look of a dress because it's laced at the back right right and um i just i don't know why why people don't carry more sizes and people are so vulnerable when they come out for fittings yeah it's definitely a scary scary thing for sure yeah and i think getting undressed in front of someone who you don't know very well (laughs) there's that yeah. yeah, and you've you've got a preconceived idea of what you think a body should look like. Mm-hmm. And I've had very very petite, very slim women who have had who have had children, and their stomach muscles are just totally parted mm-hmm. and really bruised. And I've had really really flat stomach, size twenty two women. And I think mm-hmm. because we see all these airbrushed images, we don't we don't get this idea that bodies are just so different Mm -hmm. I think I think a lot of people without knowing it are quite fat phobic Mm -hmm. I think that's very built in for for yeah for everything you do Mm -hmm. and by using models that are different shapes and different sizes it's sort of hopefully more normalizing that normalizing something that already is normal right but a thing that i found was you get all these editorial images and couture gowns Mm -hmm. and i have never seen them on plus women right i've always seen if you see bridal shoots with plus women and it's fine to have smiling bridal shoots but you never have that editorial edge that sort of fierce Uh look Uh and it's like okay you can you can be seen if you're bigger, but you, you still can't be fierce. Right. And, um, and empowered and full and of empowered. yourself. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's more of like, I got lucky, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. About, how about he? everybody else got lucky? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I totally get so, that. You're right. I never thought of it that way. You're totally right, yeah. though. And huh. when, I, when I started as well, I thought, um, I, I said to people, I was like, I make things for body shapes and types. That's what I'm about. And my first collection had just been, I guess they call it like straight sizing. So it just mm-hmm. for standard models. Um, and that, that was the main part was a budget thing. I'd just, I'd quit my full-time job. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but I was going to start my business. I didn't really have any money. Mm-hmm. And I told people that I would make plus size dresses but until there were the visuals until people saw that I made them Mm -hmm. for plus size bodies people don't make that connection Mm -hmm. so yeah I think the more the more shoots with diversity and that's diversity of race and shape and exactly it's all of that Yeah, yeah it's it's so hard to I mean I have to continually remind myself that there even though I'm in the world there are all body types in the world because, you know, if I, yeah. if I thumb through Instagram, every single one of them is like, you know, the perfect b- 
butt and all these things. Yeah. yeah but that's yeah. why one of my favorite, I have to say, one of my favorite things is being at the art museum and mm-hmm. seeing these voluptuous women that are painted from, you know, 200 years ago, 300 yeah. years ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, they were the beautiful women that yeah. the painters were looking to paint. Yeah. You and know? I, I think people forget that. That we types. had curves. We had curves. Yeah. Like, that didn't require a, an enormous amount of squats. <laughs> yeah. Those are good too. I'm just saying. Like I'm not. I'm yeah, not trying yeah. to shun anything. It's just that, like, yeah. uh, accepting that all these different versions of women's bodies are are beautiful and and wonderful, yeah. and not yeah. requiring them to be a certain way is cool. Yeah, and I, I yeah I do. I think I opened up a can of worms. No, I think <laughs> I think people people often try and talk about health when they're just trying to body shame somebody and until you actually know about someone's lifestyle and what right. they do on a day-to-day right. you actually don't have any idea by looking right. at them right. um and the whole the whole thing after reading about the intuitive eating and talking to different people about it was being healthy for a lot of people is just thinking about things differently mm-hmm. it is it's taking care of your body and going out for a long walk but mm-hmm. going out and enjoying it and enjoying that your legs work right getting fresh air rather than being like i've burnt 100 calories right and at the end of the day you've you've got to live your own life which is right. why you know i i don't get bridal shops not carrying more sizes not being more inclusive because when mm. you look at the statistics of who's getting married, you know, bodies are changing. There are more plus bodies in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're no less lovable. <laughs> they're still likely to get married. Um, so it, it does. It feels very odd to try and right. to try and be so inclusive. And I think I've I've had a lot of brides actually who are plus brides and aren't dieting and aren't trying to lose weight before mm-hmm. their wedding. And a big part of it is if you have someone fall in love with you, they don't mm-hmm. they don't want to marry a different person on the day. Right. Um, and there's there's a lot of stress involved with wedding planning anyway. Right. So, yeah. But no, so, I will. Yeah. What is one of your most? I'm I'm so glad that you are, and I think it's just going to continue to expand as the word gets out. I mean, you're such a you're so young in your business, three years in, there's so much room for more people to experience your beautiful creations. No. So I'm wondering what is, do you have a, a wedding story that like stands out that you'd be open to sharing? Oh my word. <laughs> do you, got, fall, do you I, fall in like, love with them all? Like I fall in love with all yeah. my guests. Yeah. No, like, like properly because I offer, um, I offer that I will go to weddings and dress the bride on the morning of the wedding. Mm. And I, I love that. I love going to the weddings. I love dressing them. A lot of the time, um, me and my other half are then invited to to oh, the guests. Oh, and beautiful! Part. Yeah, which oh. is just so lovely. And I think in the whole chaos of of wedding planning, and I can be like a calm undercurrent of it's fine and I'll mm-hmm. be there in the morning and get you dressed and that's fine. Um, I'm trying to think of, of just one in particular. I've, so my bride who's just 
um, been married for a year, a year, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago okay. from California, who I've never met. Uh-huh. Just from talking and Instagram and I feel like we're so similar. Oh. And I was like, oh, I, I, we just have to meet each other one day. And she was this plus lady who uh-huh. is just, we're quite similar ages. She's so, she's just so gorgeous. Uh-huh. And fo- like following her, like her personal Instagram and her, her whole story. It just, uh-huh. it makes my heart so happy. She's, uh-huh. she's refurbing this 1940s, um, like house in the woods with her husband. Oh, cool. It's just, it's just so magic. But how, had, how did she find you? Just, I think just by the power of the internet. Oh my gosh. Um, that's phenomenal. Yeah. And I just, so she's always been someone I've been like, that's so special. But I mean, even this year for my birthday party, because I like, I love a party and mm-hmm. I love my birthday. Um, I had some of my, my brides come to my birthday party. We've, we've kept in touch and I'm like, oh, there's, yeah, I do. I do become, become really close to a lot of people. And you think like in a few years, it's going to be like <laughs> really big list. Um, You're going to yeah, have to start renting some big space for your parties, hey? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we went, to, we went to a wedding in Devon. Um, in September for one of my brides, Abby. And she she has a gorgeous figure. Like she has, I think, quite a stereotypical, quite a gorgeous figure. And she didn't have any self-confidence oh. at all. And had grown up thinking she was huge and I don't think very desirable. Hmm. And I just her confidence changed just throughout. And I think she'd had a string of boyfriends that probably weren't the nicest. And Mm. she now had found her husband who was just absolutely like her home and her comfortable place. And it was just, it was so lovely to see how much she shined through it. And she didn't have to be, you know, she didn't have to be insecure. And it, yeah. And that was, that was really moving. So... I would bet. I don't think there's anything um, more beautiful than seeing a woman who is, you know, gained her confidence, but is like shining the light of feeling so loved. There's something yeah. like yeah. there's something about mirroring that love out from within, you know, Yeah. that is yeah. Uh, super powerful. You can't miss it when you see it. No, just, and I think I'd, I'd always known that I wanted to design and make clothes and I remember a lecturer at university saying which just sort of always stuck with me when everything was really stressful at university and you had loads of deadlines and it mm-hmm. felt like the world was going to collapse right he was just like you've got to remember you're only making a dress <laughs> like you're not solving like world poverty mm-hmm. you're making a dress nobody's going to die no yeah right. nobody's going to die it's a piece of clothing and from that I always thought, you know, I want, I want to make something that is is more than a dress, and mm-hmm. I want, I want to be able to help people. And fashion can be, and bridal can be really, really shallow and really two D. And if I can make a few people feel good about themselves, mm-hmm. like it makes it so much yeah. more than a dress and so much more worthwhile. 
It's just such a gift. You're making a memory, like a really important memory for people. Yeah, Ah. absolutely. I like I accidentally clicked back on your homepage, and again, I'm hypnotized (laughs) by that dress. Yeah, that one has me. I mean, just I love the way that you use the whites and the pinks and how it's more whites in the front, and then it flows back to pinks. It's just so gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so what is, are there areas of fashion that you hope to step into that you aren't doing yet? I, I've got a few plans for the new year and I think this time of year, I don't get scared by it and I think it's only another month, but I'm always like, oh, what's the next year going to bring? And I need to set some goals and I need to, I need to make some plans. I think the end of this year like the corsetry for shapewear uh-huh. and to sort of change silhouettes mm. has really taken off and I'd like to look more into doing maybe sort of like a honeymoon honeymoon and special occasion like lingerie oh nice so like flowing robes so maybe you know you have your uh-huh. wedding dress but then you have like flowing robe and corsetry and but Oh, I yeah. love that idea. Uh, yeah. Oh, my so gosh. Sort of, yeah, and I, I think I have to get a photo shoot in the pipeline for something to do with that. But there are, I think, I've got loads of ideas, and it's always a battle between time uh-huh. and priorities. And, like, I, I never know how people fit everything into a day because I think, <laughs> like, I get up and walk the dog and like do those normal things and uh-huh. then start at about nine and then work until my boyfriend gets back about six. Uh-huh. And then by the time we've walked the dog again and put washing on and caught up and made dinner, like it's pretty much time to bed. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, how do you, how, but somehow manage to juggle all the things. It's been a really busy year, actually. When I, um, whenever I think back about, what's happened this year it's been it's been really hectic which is great mm-hmm. um i was at london fashion week in september <gasps> oh yeah nice. which was brilliant what? and i bought yeah, no go on no go on you tell me what tell me oh, about what I, that's like i bought um i i persuaded the organizers for me to be able to bring two of my own models with me so i bought two plus models with me mm-hmm. To walk on the catwalk alongside all the other very, very stereotypical catwalk models. Because I said, you know, my collection, if there to be enough enough pieces, I need to bring my own models. And Uh actually, it'll be great press for the show because it's something that you haven't had before. And it will. And it it did. It kicked up. It kicked up a big storm. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. When was that? That was in September. Oh my gosh! Do you have um, Do you have something about that on your website? No, you know what? I think it's all on my social media, but okay. I haven't on my website. I'll yet. have to check it out. That's yeah. incredible! Oh my gosh, that's huge. Yeah. At twenty six. Wow. Yeah, so that <laughs> felt that felt good. I bet yeah. that's like the thing, isn't it? To be yeah. There? So I I don't know what what's to come totally I'm quite the thing is I'm quite big on like goal planning and mm-hmm. and putting things in practice to work towards and to like 
think over and sort of dream about Mm -hmm. but also you have to balance that with being open-minded of it's sort of fun not exactly knowing what's going to happen to um so yeah I've I've scheduled in a day for Thursday this week Uh I've got to got to make some goals before Christmas (laughs) I love that I love the I mean I'm actually really impressed that at your age you've already become such a you know really good businesswoman it's not just about <laughs> yeah. sewing beautiful dresses and designing beautiful dresses. You're actually a great businesswoman, which is impressive. Yeah, I think I find I did when I started, I found it hard to juggle the things mm-hmm. because going from being really creative, which is sort of like fluid and organic and, mm-hmm. you know, to to having to do financial forecasts and accounts and it yeah it was really really hard to jump between and then it's a reality check of I actually I can't now imagine doing anything else Hmm. and maybe there'll be one day when I I want to do something else and I'll change but Mm -hmm. at the moment I think you know I actually I have to make it work as a business if I want to keep it going so that yeah so how do you even do that how do you do just do finances once a week? Like, how do you step in and out of that? So I, when I decided that I was going to go for this and and make it into a business, I, we've got a charity in the UK called the Prince's Trust. Mm -hmm. And it is set up by the Prince Prince of Wales. Mm -hmm. And it's to get young people into business. So I went on a, like, intensive week-long business course. Mm Mm-hmm. And then followed by that, I was given a mentor who is called Paul, and mm-hmm. I love Paul. He's just <laughs> he's just like the the best person in the world. And you get to meet with your mentor every month, okay, and keep up to date and get a very unbiased opinion of how things are going. So when you're starting up, if you tell your family, I had a lot. A lot of sort of extended family be like, oh, are you making any money yet? And how's it going? How mm-hmm. Like, how's business? And you're like, oh, I've literally just set up, you know. Uh-huh. And my mum is just like my number one fan. Oh. Who, like everything that I do, she's like, oh, that's brilliant. And <laughs> so having, having a mentor has been great okay. because they say, you know, how are you gonna how are you gonna plan to reach this target? Have you thought about marketing in this mm-hmm. way? Um, that's wonderful. And, yeah, so that that's been really beneficial. And actually you're mentored for two years and then it sort of comes to an end. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, me and Paul are gonna t- keep in touch because <laughs> he's just he's he's been brilliant. And they're all they're all volunteers all the mentors oh wow yeah that's phenomenal yeah they're all businessmen and women who have just done incredibly well Uh in business and they want to sort of pass their knowledge and skills down to a younger generation so yeah it's amazing it's been really really good I think it's it's amazing, but also I have to give you a lot of credit for taking advantage of all the resources you know not everybody does that yeah, I think with whatever I've done, whatever I've done sort of work-wise in life, I've always wanted to be the best at. Mm-hmm. So 
I had a job actually working for a cancer charity um, before setting up my business Mm -hmm. just for six months um, between leaving university and then starting up. Mm -hmm. And I although it was like a a job to fill in time for me, Mm -hmm. I did it with like everything I had because it's just what I'm like as a person, I think. I'm very all or nothing. So no mediocrity in the life of of Rosie Red. No. That's awesome. I think everybody should look at the world that way, fighting mediocrity at every turn because if you're not going to go all in, why do it at all, right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I I can never... I can never understand when people do things like half-heartedly because it's yeah. like, well, why bother? Right, then? exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Sometimes I have to remind myself of that, but I, it is, I mean, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's like, oh, I'm doing this thing. Why was I doing that again? But then keep reminding myself, like, do it well or don't do it at all. Simple. Yeah. That's simple. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big believer in like, if you're, if you're having like a down day, Mm-hmm then that's totally okay and that's just part of being human hmm. because so many people I think you you don't have to be happy and upbeat all the time mm-hmm. and being self-employed I found to start with especially is just the loneliest thing in the world mm-hmm. <laughs> and I yeah and I I love being around people and I was used to university being around people mm-hmm. and then I managed a team of people before this job and I just I was like, it's it's just so quiet, so lonely. Mm-hmm. It's and and there are days you're like, what am I doing? Because starting up, like, I'm not really earning any money yet. I'm not. Mm-hmm. There, there aren't any. Some days you just feel like there aren't any benefits, and then you mm-hmm. get something happen, and it just all feels worthwhile. Exactly. Yeah, I totally get that. Totally get that. That's such great advice, though, for young um, entrepreneurs. So that I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. So I have a, a question about something I wish I knew, and uh, it goes under the category: if I can't do it well, I don't do it at all, and it has to do with okay. sewing. So I have, um, I had sewing class in in middle school, like everybody else did, mm-hmm. and I was horrible at it. And then okay. Uh, I, but I love fashion and I love clothing. And every so often mm-hmm. I would like cut the sleeves off of something or cut the collar off of something and switch it around and redesign a sweater to look mm-hmm. this way or that. But it was usually so cobbled together that it was like, okay, don't let anybody move or it's going to fall apart. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I bought a sewing machine because I thought, well, maybe it'll be better if I have a new sewing machine. And if I'm lucky, I can sew on a button. But I so admire that skill it's something I wish I had because I really love clothing I love fashion yeah so how do you tell people like if somebody's interested in that like how do you even get started like what's the best way to just is it just keep doing it till it like what's yeah I'm always I'm a big fan of just doing something mm-hmm. rather than rather than thinking over too much mm-hmm. and planning it too much just get on and do it so when you make wedding dresses before Mm -hmm. you make the final wedding dress you make something called a toile Mm. and a toile is a prototype of the final dress Mm -hmm. and because I flat pattern cut so I draw out all of my patterns for all of my clients you have to test that those patterns in 2d actually translate and work in 3d Uh and toile fabric is a cheap cotton that you use 
And if someone was going to try and make a piece of clothing, I'd say just buy some cheap fabric uh-huh. and just do it and try it and go for it. Because there's there are forums that I've been part of, especially corset making forums. And so many people have got an approach where they're too scared to just go into it and mm-hmm. just try it. So I think always just give it a go. Okay. Some things, some things in life people are going to naturally be better at than right. others. Right. I think I always wanted to be really musical, mm-hmm. and I had piano lessons when I was younger, and I just I'm naturally not very musical. Mm-hmm. Like I love music, and I was part of a choir, and I I loved singing, but but playing a musical instrument. Like, my dad can pick up any stringed instrument and fiddle around with it and play it perfectly. And I sort of feel like I can get a piece of fabric and do the same thing, but I Mm. just, I I couldn't do it with a guitar. Um, So I think, yeah, if you're not naturally inclined, but you want to be good at it, then just keep keep going, keep pushing through. I I, um, I did a like a personal achievement for me because I, I'd never run before. So I got this app on my phone, which is called Couch to 5K. Oh, yeah, I have that app myself. I did uh, that, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I did Couch to 5K. And at the start, I was like, okay, so I'm definitely naturally not a runner. <laughs> nothing. Like, I believe nothing. that that went through my mind as well. <laughs> yeah, like my, it just didn't feel like I was ever designed to run. And then by the end of it, I was like, yeah, I can actually do this. And it's harder to do, but you can do it if you push uh-huh. through the difficult bits of it. Yeah, it is. I think, I mean, it is, it's a labor of love because mm-hmm. all the, all the petals on the dress are oh, all yeah. hand cut. Oh my gosh. Um, each one individually is hand cut. And then I burn them so that they crinkle. And then you have to hand sew individually each one on. And I've seen people. Wow. buy ready like like the confetti you get away uh-huh. i've seen people buy ready-made petals mm-hmm. and sew them on or buy them and glue them on and it just it just doesn't have the same effect was um, was that for a specific bride no that was that was a collection piece to be oh editorial gosh. and has it been yeah. purchased no it hasn't it's a sample <laughs> yeah so i keep I keep my samples from oh, okay. photo shoots okay. because when when I have people come out, it's nice to have work to show them and right. they can try on because with the power of great photography and editing, you can definitely make a garment look mm-hmm. beautiful and then you might see it in the flesh and be like, oh, that's not what oh, I thought it looked like. Right, right, right. I understand. So, yeah. But that's still. Why do I keep samples and be like, <laughs> no, it does look it's nice in real life too. Right, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. So um, let me think here. Is there anything else on my question list? Are you planning any trips to the United States or anything? Like, is there any next show that you want to get your collection at? Oh, my word. I Like, I, my number one place I want to travel to is I want to do a road trip mm-hmm. of America. That's definitely been – and I've I've talked about it with my boyfriend and we've been like – gonna have to save up and just go and do it and it'll be brilliant um, yeah and I want I want to meet my Californian bride <laughs> oh I bet <laughs> I, I, yeah I need I need to meet her um 
I I would like to go to London Fashion Week again, mm-hmm. but um, but I definitely feel it's a thing that maybe I've I've done that. Like it's a big tick off mm-hmm. my list. Uh-huh. Um, I would love I would love for somebody to wear a piece at red carpet awards. I think that would be incredible, and I oh, would love. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to have pieces in a film. I was just gonna say that would make so much sense yeah. for your work. I would, I would love that. I was actually, I was contacted maybe a year and a half ago by a film company who were trying to make. I think they were trying to make a series for Netflix, but mm-hmm. I don't think it ever, ever came to anything. Mm-hmm. And it, it made me think again. Like, yeah, I would. I would love to have pieces in a film because I set up, I set up my whole business after I managed to dress Helena Bonham Carter. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and that was, I guess that was the starting point for when I was like, how did that happen? Oh, really? How did that happen? So it's so it's it's probably mad. I think <laughs> I, I I left university and I I got this job working for a charity and it was. Um, it was fine. I think I found it creatively very frustrating because I had all this creative energy and I wanted to to make things and that wasn't what the job was. Um, And when the six months contract that I had was coming to an end, I was actually going to come over to the States and teach fashion at a Camp America. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was was what I was going to do. And then as I was looking into it, I didn't know, but my dad had written to Helena Bonham Carter and had sent along one of my lookbooks, so just with images of my work in. Your dad did that just on his own? Yeah. How did he get that to her? How did he even get to her? I think, again, the power of the internet, he he found her address online. Wow. um, And just as an off chance, thought I'm going to... I'm going to write this letter and <laughs> send this along. Um, we hadn't heard anything of it. Nothing nothing had come from it. Um, at the time, I didn't actually know that he'd written to her. Uh-huh. And it was when I was staying with a friend. And she's like, I'm, I, do, I do have a belief in sort of manifesting your own future. Mm-hmm. This friend that I've got has like a very, very firm solid belief in it and that's her everything and she said to me she said you need to decide whether you're going to stay in the UK or whether you're going to go to the US Mm -hmm. and once you make that decision whatever is the right thing to happen will happen Um, and I was like you know what I'm I'm gonna stay in the UK this summer Mm -hmm. and it was genuinely it was the next morning I got an email from Helena's PA saying that she loves my work and she wants to see it. And, um, oh my gosh. Rosie, yeah, was, that's amazing. Yeah, it was mad. Wow. So I, I went to her house to fit her. Oh, my gosh. Which was just like, yeah, really, really surreal. Um, that and, is one heck of a dream come true. Yeah, right? and it all feels, it feels kind of backwards because that's sort of a thing that maybe you work towards. And it was it was the starting place for me. Um, so, well, you've just yeah. really you've totally inspired me because oh. uh, one of the things that you know, I 
my dream is to do this kind of thing full time, to have conversations uh-huh. with people like yourself. And, um, you know, I, I kind of, I mean, I've been doing it for a year and a half. I love it. It's what I love to do. I think it's what I'm meant to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I don't really see that, like, I don't put myself out there enough and mm-hmm. get my name out there enough or my, my work out there enough. And, uh, I need to decide that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it is when you have, when you have a goal mm-hmm. in mind, however long that is, you can then make logical steps to find out how you need to get there. Mm-hmm. And, and that, and I think people always get quite caught up on the fact that, you know, you can have a goal and then change your mind about it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I, I'd always wanted to have my dresses in Harrods. Mm-hmm. That was like, that was a huge goal for me. And I sort of went backwards through steps. I need to make it happen. And th- there was a guy that talked at my graduation who was making these gold fountain pens. Mm-hmm. And he was in Harrods. And after I got back in contact with him and chatted it over, I found out that actually it probably isn't what I want to do. And okay, it would be a great opportunity to be asked, but I was putting so much energy in something that it probably isn't my number one goal. Um, and that's that's totally fine. That's interesting because that's yeah. a big shift then of going, yep, nope, that's not it. Yeah, yeah. It almost like I think people feel like, well, I failed if I didn't get the goal that I was thinking I wanted, but really that's not it because we can choose every day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't want to do that. I want to do that now. That doesn't mean it's a failure. It means it's it's a choice, you know. Yeah, and That's you are the only person, right? Who's who's living your own life, and and at the end of the day, people have opinions on everything. Yeah, they do. Just everything. Like if you have that single friend, people will have opinions on them being single, and the minute they get a partner. Uh-huh. Everyone's got an opinion on that partner. That's what I always <laughs> think. It's like you can never win, right? With, so just do what makes you happy because exactly. life's too short. <laughs> what a beautiful way to wrap the show because that's it. Yeah, do what makes oh, it happy perfect. because life is too short. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. this has been. I'm so glad that uh, Richard, the photographer, vi- the visually creative, as I call him, Richard. Um, yeah connected us because I saw his work or your your work on his site and that's how I got to talking about you and asking about you and this is that's actually one of the most uh magical things about my show is how it's sort of like one person leads me to the next person leads me Mm -hmm. to the next person and this has been so delightful and again your work is so gorgeous I want to tell everybody about it but then I want one myself someday. So <laughs> that will happen, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. You, know, you will. You'll okay. come and visit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Ah, so thank you so much. Oh, tell people, I know, tell people, I almost forgot because I'm hypnotized again by the dress. <laughs> um, tell people where they can find you. Okay. So my website is rosyredcorsetry.com. And then I post loads of stuff every day on Instagram which is at Rosie Red Corsetry. And that's linked to my Facebook account, which is Rosie Red Corsetry and Couture, and also my Twitter account. So it's all linked. I try and put loads of content out all the time. So. Uh, 
I'm so excited. I don't think I've been even following you yet on Instagram. How did that oh, happen? Yeah. I need Instagram to get going on that right away. Uh-huh. I love that. That's my favorite as well. That's sort of where I spend more time. Yeah, you know, because it's so visual. Mm-hmm, and it fits with what you do for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I would um, love to do if I, if and when I, when I get there is it would be such a treat to actually see you in action, you know, doing your work. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you have any videos or anything like that up of, you know, when you're working with a client or when you're working on a project? No, I think I've got a few photos, but no, I, and I've been talking, I use one of my plus models mm-hmm. is a blogger oh, okay. called Fuller, Fuller Figure, Fuller Bust. Okay. And we've been talking quite a lot about it, actually. And she was like, you've got to film some like time-lapse videos. And I was just thinking that. Get Richard in, the, yeah. in there. Because he yeah, does those yeah. behind the scenes, you know. He does those beso- behind the scenes movies. Yes. That would be yeah. the kind of the thing, a behind the scenes of a bride from beginning to end. Yeah, so that would I be think, so cool. That'll definitely be a thing for 2018. Well, now you have something yeah. yep, for your goal day on Thursday when you're getting your goals set. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that'll be on it. That's what I'm here for, you know, setting all that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank all right. you. Well, thank you again so much for your time. It has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, you do. And have a lovely Christmas. You too. Thank you. Bye now. You. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. Yep, you too. Well, first of all, if you haven't gone out and looked at it yet, please go out and look at her website. You have to see that dress. I still can't get over it. It's uh, absolutely, absolutely breathtaking. So like always, I had very little information stepping into the interview, which is half of the fun because I cannot believe at 26, she's got three years into the fashion industry and has already been at the London Fashion Week. That is incredible. And what I kind of love, especially though, is that she takes it back to as a girl growing up, being able to have a lot of space to use her imagination and make a mess and experiment and play. And I think that's so important. So that's my biggest takeaway. It's just the reminder to give people, children or adults alike, the space to really be creative. And with that, it means being a little messy once in a while. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining.